Passover holds great distinction among the religious feasts of the world. It is the oldest continuously observed feast in existence today and has been celebrated for almost 3,500 years. With Passover less than two weeks away, today we'll take a brief look at the central symbol of Passover, and that is the Lamb. Thanks for joining us today for this 81st episode of the Tove Podcast. You are listening to the Tove Podcast. Well, welcome to the Tove Podcast. I'm excited that you've joined us today. Uh, Passover is quickly approaching. In fact, it begins on the evening of March 27th. And as I mentioned in last week's episode, uh, I'd like to invite you to Life and Messiah's virtual Passover Seder meal. If you'd like to learn more about that, uh, visit lifeinmessiah.org forward slash Seder. While there, you can learn about the meal and even download materials uh, so that you can participate as we walk through the Seder together. And, and to begin our time today, I'd like to just walk through the scriptures with you. And we're going to just start in Exodus chapter 12, which is where Passover is instituted. Uh, I think that's the best way to learn about Passover, is just for us to walk through some scriptures together. We'll zoom out a little bit, we'll do some teaching. But let's just start in Exodus chapter 12, verse 1. It says this, The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Now, it's fascinating that God is essentially resetting the calendar at this point. He is telling Moses and Aaron here, this is going to be the beginning of your year now. And so, obviously, a huge event uh, as God is setting up a biblical calendar around this important event. Verse 3, Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, Every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And right away in verse 4 of chapter 12 here, we have the central figure of Passover. Of course, that is the lamb. And it's fascinating what the Israelites are going to be told to do with this lamb. Verse 4 says, And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons, according to what you can eat, You shall make your count for the lamb. Now, verse 5 is very important. It says, Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male a year old. Of course, being without blemish means that it's without defect. So the Israelites could not choose a lamb that uh, had one eye or that was missing two legs or something like that. It essentially had to be perfect to the eye. And God told them, You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. And then, not only did they have to select a lamb, they had to keep the lamb. It says in verse 6, You shall keep it until the fourteenth day of this month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Okay, so the Israelites are selecting a lamb on the tenth. They are keeping it, ensuring that it's without defect, all the way until the fourteenth. When the fourteenth finally arrives, they are to kill their lambs, At twilight. Verse 7 tells us then what they're going to do with the lamb that they've just slaughtered. It says, Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat. 
So if you can just imagine this, you take a nice little fluffy lamb, keeping a pet even for just four days, can, you can start to uh, adore the pet. But they had to kill it. And then they had to take some of the blood from the slaughtered animal and they had to apply it to the doorposts and lentils of their houses. Verse 8, they shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire, with unleavened bread, and bitter herbs they shall eat it. Now right here you have the only three elements that the scriptures introduce for the Passover meal. That being lamb being the primary element, unleavened bread being the second element, and bitter herbs being the third element. Now, for those of you who have attended a Passover meal uh, today, nearly 3,500 years later, you can see that there's been things added to the meal over the years, such as an egg, parsley dipped in salt water, a sweet apple mixture, and so forth. But there are only three elements that are actually included in the Bible. Verse 9 says, Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted, its head with its legs and its inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. Verse 11 tells us the manner in which it is to be eaten. It says, In this manner you shall eat it, with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. In other words, at the first Passover, God required the Israelites to eat it in a hurry. Why? Verse 12 tells us, For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and on all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. Now, this is interesting. Notice that God is not judging only the Egyptian pharaoh, or the people of Egypt. Verse 12 of Exodus 12 tells us he is going to execute judgments against the gods of Egypt. You see, the Egyptians were polytheists, and they believed in a variety of gods that were responsible for everything from the weather to agriculture and everything else. In fact, some think that each of the plagues that God specifically sent against Pharaoh and the Egyptians was a direct attack on a false god that was supposedly responsible for one of those areas. Verse 13 says, The blood shall be assigned for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Okay, so this is essentially the heart of the Passover. Jewish people had to select an unblemished lamb on the 10th, they had to watch this lamb, to care for this lamb for four days until twilight of the 14th. When it hit twilight, the Israelites had to slaughter the lamb, take the blood of the lamb, and apply it to the doorposts and lentils of their home. That was their escape from the plague that was coming. In addition, they had to eat certain elements, including lamb, bitter herbs, and unleavened bread. Now, according to the Bible... Passover itself is just a one-day feast. However, it immediately precedes a seven-day feast called the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Today, both of these feasts are usually joined together as a single entity and simply called Passover. 
In the New Testament, Passover is used as a synonym for the Feast of Unleavened Bread. We see this in Luke 22, verse 1. Today, Israelis and some Jewish people still keep the Feast of Unleavened Bread for seven days, while most Jewish people in the Diaspora observe the feast for eight days. The first and last days of the festival were considered holy days, during which, like the Sabbath, no work was to be performed. Orthodox Jewish people today apply the work prohibition to the intermediate days of the festival as well. As mentioned earlier, the Lamb was and is the core and center of Passover. Without the Lamb, there would have been no deliverance. As Dr. Colson Shepherd has written, quote, A Pesach without a lamb is like an automobile without an engine, or a man without life-giving blood in his veins. End quote. So important was this lamb that the term the Passover came to be used interchangeably of the lamb as well as the holiday. We see this, for example, in Luke 22.7 and 1 Corinthians 5.7. Without the Passover lamb, there would have been no Passover, and no deliverance. In today's Seder, the lamb is conspicuous by its absence. There's been no Passover lamb for almost 2,000 years. Why? Well, the Jewish community got rid of the lamb after the temple was destroyed. Instead, that's why the shank bone has been added in its place. Now, as we read in Exodus 12, the Bible says that the Israelites were to remove any leavened products from their household. In the ensuing years after this first Passover, this stipulation reminded the Israelites that they had to flee Egypt so quickly that the bread in their ovens didn't have time to rise. Every spring in a traditional Jewish household, a furious housecleaning takes place to remove any leavened products before Passover begins. Houses are scrubbed. Pockets are turned inside out and laundered, cooking utensils are scalded, and everyday dinnerware and flatware are replaced with the finest Passover china. Matzah was to be eaten, symbolizing the purity of the sacrifice, since leaven, with its souring characteristic, is often a symbol of sin. In just a few days, Jewish people will seek to cleanse their homes of all the leaven in anticipation of the Seder and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. This tradition has been done in obedience to the Torah. We read in the second book of Moses in Exodus chapter 12, verse 15, quote, You must eat unleavened bread for seven days. On the first day you must remove yeast from your houses. Whoever eats what is leavened from the first day through the seventh day must be cut off from Israel. End quote. Since that memorable night in Egypt 3,500 years ago, Jewish people have been faithfully observing that great deliverance. Who can escape the beautiful and touching instructions given to Israel through Moses? We find them in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 20 to 23. Quote, When your son asks you in the future, what's the meaning of the decrees, statutes, and ordinances which the Lord our God has commanded you? Tell him. We were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a strong hand. Before our eyes, the Lord inflicted great and devastating signs and wonders on Egypt, on Pharaoh, and on all his household. But 
He brought us from there in order to lead us in and give us the land that he swore to our fathers. End quote. Now, it was only on that one Passover night where the Lord passed through the land in judgment. Every observance since then has been a memorial to remember the important occasion. So, God established the holidays of Passover and unleavened bread for the purpose of remembering. We see that in Deuteronomy 16.1, for example. Passover holds great distinction among the religious feasts of the world. It is the oldest continuously observed feast in existence today. It's been celebrated almost 3,500 years. In fact, it was such an important holiday that God gave an alternate date for those who were unable to observe Passover on the appointed day of Nisan 14. Those who had become defiled by touching a dead body or were away on a long journey could celebrate the Passover 30 days later on the 14th of the second month. None of the other feasts appointed by God had this accommodation. So, is it a good idea for followers of Messiah to understand the Passover? After our quick break, we'll answer that question on the Tove Podcast. Hi, Tove listeners. Did you know that the Tove Podcast is a ministry of Life in Messiah International? At Life in Messiah, we've been sharing God's heart for the Jewish people since 1887. Through a variety of outreaches, both in the digital realm and in person, we are passionate about discipleship, evangelism, and teaching, all with the Romans 116 priority of to the Jew first. To learn more about our ongoing work among the House of Israel and explore ways you can be involved in reaching God's chosen people, visit us on the web at lifeinmessiah.org. That's lifeinmessiah.org. Well, welcome back to the Tove Podcast. We are talking about Passover. And just a reminder that Life and Messiah will be having an interactive Passover on March 27th at 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Uh, please sign up for that event. Download your materials at lifeandmessiah.org forward slash Seder. Is it a good idea for followers of Messiah to understand the Passover? Well, I happen to think so. Let me give you just several reasons. The first reason is that Jesus himself celebrated Passover. After all, the Last Supper was a Passover meal. In addition, Passover forms the primary background for understanding the events of that Last Supper. It forms the background for the symbolism of the Lord's Table, or Communion, and the meaning of Messiah Jesus' death. We gain marvelous insight into the very essence of Christianity, the sacrifice of the Lamb. God has already shown that a sacrificed lamb was sufficient for the redemption of an entire people back in Egypt. Passover is a living picture of how sacrifice is properly obtained. Another reason it's great for Christians to understand Passover is so that we can better share the message of redemption available through Messiah Jesus with our Jewish friends. You see, Jesus is Jewish. The disciples were Jewish. All the people saved at Pentecost were Jewish, and the first Christian church in the world, the Church of Jerusalem, was entirely Jewish. The church sent missionaries out into the world to share the gospel with Gentiles. Every church, seminary, Bible college, and missions agency can be traced back to the early Jewish Christians. 
Having a knowledge of Passover helps us relate to our Jewish friends and explain better the sacrificial death and resurrection of Messiah Yeshua. In 1 Corinthians 5-7, Paul says, quote, Clean out the old yeast so that you may be a new batch. You are indeed unleavened, for Messiah, our Passover, has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us observe the feast, not with old yeast or with the yeast of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. End quote. You see, Messiah Jesus was the fulfillment of the lamb slain in Egypt on that Passover night. Without the lamb, then, there could have been no Passover, no deliverance, no freedom. And without the Lamb of God now, there is no true Passover and no deliverance and no freedom. Without the sprinkling of blood, there would have been no Passover and no deliverance. There had to be a Lamb then, and there must be a Lamb now. All that happened on that first Passover night back in Egypt was typical of God's gracious work in providing His Son, Jesus, as the Passover lamb for the salvation of all people, both Jewish and Gentile. Now, the only way the ancient people of Israel were delivered from Egyptian bondage some 3,500 years ago was by believing and acting upon the message given them by God. Only by believing that the blood of a sacrificed lamb painted on the doorposts and lentils would keep the destroyer away, they would live. To refuse to act was to act in unbelief and perish. Even today, we have a choice to make. Either we accept God's Lamb, referred to in the New Testament as Messiah, our Passover, or we receive death. For the scriptures tell us that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through the Messiah. Just like the Israelites some 3,500 years ago, so today we must individually apply the blood of the sacrificed lamb to the doorposts and lentils of our hearts. Well, thanks for joining us today for this special episode on Passover. Again, I hope you'll join the Tove podcast in Life and Messiah on March 27th as we have a virtual interactive Seder at 7 p.m. Eastern that evening. If you've enjoyed today's episode, chances are your friends and family would as well. Feel free to take the link and share. Until next time, Shalom.